0: Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on Semiwiki.com, and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Hal Conklin, Vice President of Business Development for Lightelligence. Hal is an experienced strategic leader in the technology industry. Prior to joining Lightelligence. He spent 10 years at Arm, and he also worked in executive management roles at several startups here in Silicon Valley. Welcome to the podcast, Hal.
1: Dan, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: So first, can you tell us how you originally came to semiconductors? I mean, was this your childhood dream?
1: That's a interesting story. I mean, I started out living in Silicon Valley, went to school there, went, ended up going to San Jose State. My dad was a double E, and he says, you know, if you're going to be in semiconductor, or if you're going to be in this valley, you better be in semiconductors. So... Uh, my first job out of college was working for a National Semiconductor in a rotation program where they actually taught us how to do uh, sales, marketing, engineering, product development, uh, spent two years there, and then transitioned into EDA. And then from EDA, uh, did that for a number of years to three or four startups in that business. And then I basically transitioned out of there and uh, went on to do uh, went to arm. So it's been a, a good journey for me. Yeah, it's
0: not unlocked my journey. You know, I started in the computer industry at FAB, and then I went to um, EDA, IP, and different startups. So uh, yeah, I'm a Silicon Valley guy as well. So what brought you to Lighttelligence? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey?
1: Sure. So I was at ARM and running a biz dev group and started to think about what was the next big thing out there. And so I went and obviously researched all the chip startups that were doing AI, thought that would be an interesting one. We were selling all that IP to them, but I couldn't figure out which one was going to win. So, you know, doing startups, doing enough of them, I've done six of them now, I really need a clear outcome and a differentiator. And Light intelligence offered both of those for me. Um, what they were looking for is how do we scale Moore's law beyond uh, electrons and actually start using lighter photons to do the math? And that looked like an interesting value proposition for me and thought I could add some value to them. So, you know, I've been there about six months now and uh, having a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. So
0: photonics is an interesting topic. So let's start out with um, how is photonics compute a different solution to end to the end of Moore's law? You know, why is this more viable than other technologies?
1: Yeah, so my thought process was this, right? And we have validated this with customers. You know, when you get down to, you know, node three nanometer and, and stuff, you're, you're starting to run into a fundamental limitation, which is the CMOS transistor. And Lightelligence saw that about five years ago. And, you know, they're a spin out of MIT. And they thought that they could go solve some of these problems using light, which is obviously a lot faster than electrons and for certain types of problems um, we've actually demonstrated that it can be very very advantageous to do things in light rather than in electrons for both a speed performance standpoint and also a significant power savings standpoint both of those which are needed to to help us get beyond moore's law
0: so how does photonics change the compute landscape
1: ah good question um so there's three technologies, or, or, or there's a, we have a single technology platform, but there's three brands of technology that we're using photonics for. Um, we're using it for, for compute in the form of, instead of doing multiply accumulates in you know traditional electronic hardware, we're doing it in optics. And if we keep the algorithm in the optics, we've proven that we can go about 800 times faster than a GPU running a similar, similar workload. So today, you know, this optical max, as we call them, um, represent a very interesting solution for certain types of problems. It's not a general purpose solution yet, but for things like um, solving uh, NP-complete math problems, it does quite well if we target that algorithm. The the second area that's very interesting, and this is the part that's got me excited, especially with the advent of chiplets, is we have an optical knock technology or optical network on chip. And what that allows you to do is stitch together several digital chips um, using an optical fabric rather than a digital fabric. And the key advantage to that is one, it's very fast. I mean, four terabits a second kind of speeds, but it's also scalable across the entire wafer. So you can get around the reticle limits of digital technology because we could do reticle stitching and actually put several uh, substrates down and hooks a lot of chips together potentially. And then the the last technology, which is good for the data center, is that they need more reach. Um, Being, you know, digital goes for about a meter. Fiber, we can go, you know, 10 meters, 100 meters, really easily at the same types of speeds. So we're looking at putting some products together that can help the data center connect more resources and and get rid of, you know, stranded resources.
0: Ah, very interesting. So can you describe, maybe in a little bit more detail, a typical use case?
1: Sure, so uh, take my EDA background, right? Um, Computational fluid dynamics or emulation or any of these things that are designed to um, represent the real world in software. The challenge with those things is they're just heavily compute intensive and general purpose hardware really doesn't scale that well for them. So what we're looking at is working with uh, these types of customers who have these big compute problems that are hard to solve with traditional GPU, CPU um, architectures and see if we use photonics instead and build a general purpose compute engine for a specific algorithm that is, you know, bandwidth limiting their systems. So when we look at, you know, it's a very vertical slice where you have to use the software and the hardware together to solve the problem at it.
0: So what applications do you feel work best for photonics? What is your experience thus
1: far? Two types of applications. One where um, if you can design the software to take advantage of the photonics to where you don't transfer between the photonics and the digital world. So if you you think about a a photonics chip, you have uh, a photonics chip and then on top of it is stacked a digital chip in a 3D package. And there's very high speed, low latency connections in the photonics. But when you have to translate that constantly back to digital, um, you have you know, losses and stuff. So we're working with people that are trying to design their algorithms to actually stay in the photonics whole time so that they can take advantage of that performance. Um, so we're looking at accelerators, we're looking at MIMO applications, we're looking at um, things that are not solved well uh, digitally. Yeah, very good. So what can we expect
0: from LightTelligence in the near future? What what, what do you guys have uh, going on?
1: Sure. So for the last five years, we've been an R&D company. Um, We've raised a lot of money and we've basically been making sure that the technology works before we announce anything. So I think you're going to see a couple of announcements of products from us this year, both in the, uh, what we would call the ONOC space to where we actually are going to bring out a commercial version of that product and also in our uh, network space where we're gonna see uh, potentially some CXL products over optics. Um, We're gonna also be going to a lot more shows this year um, and start engaging with customers more on applications that they might want to use photonics are. Um, We've been very selective on who we've been speaking to at this point and we we need to open that up and, and start engaging more people in that conversation.
0: What conferences are you referencing? Where are you guys gonna be this year?
1: We're gonna be at Flash Memory Summit, uh, OCP, and also Hot Chips.
0: Oh, I'll see you at the Flash Memory Summit and Hot Chips uh, for sure. Those are two of my favorite shows.
1: Awesome, we'll probably also be going to SC23 also.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, the conferences are live now, right? And it's good to be back, you know, in person. I tell you, there's a lot more information transfer. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, learning more about you guys. So how do customers normally engage with light intelligence?
1: So to date, it's kind of, we've been outbound trying to, you know, engage the right types of customers that we think have this problem. You know, researchers and some of the bigger companies, um, you know, the hyperscalers off, obviously, cause they have a lot of problems to solve. Um, but going forward, I think the, the way, you know, people could engage is, you know, engage our website. We've got some really good white papers up there that really describe how you could potentially use platonics. Um, you're going to see some, obviously, some press and stuff this year about our product launches. And then also, you know, welcome to contact me. I'm basically managing all of Europe and, and North America. Um, and I've talked to, you know, lots of customers all day long. Great. And what is your website again? Um, Lightintelligence.ai.
0: Perfect. Hey, Hal, it's nice to talk to you again. I know we've ran into each other uh, throughout our careers, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you more at the conference. But uh, you know, thanks for your time here.
1: Dan, thanks for yours, and I look forward to, to connecting again. It's been a while.
0: That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening, and have a great day.